You're listening to The Daily Lunch. If you've just joined us, a very warm welcome to the show. It's Jill and Nina here with you until three. And uh, Nina, it's time for NME Magazine. Now, um, I am a little bit suspicious about this first story. I have to say, (laughs) I think this could be a little bit of a kind of plant. Mm. Um, But then I am a very cynical young lady, I've been told. Uh, But uh, apparently two grannies were thrown out of absolutely fabulous. One of the kind of, um, was it the preview or when it first opened or something like that for for, uh, laughing too loudly? Yep. Two grandmothers claim to have been thrown out of a screening of the new Absolutely Fabulous movie for laughing too loudly. Cindy Amos and Jacqueline Cox, 59 and 60 respectively, went to a 6pm screening of the film um, at a cinema in London. Speaking to the newspapers, they said staff told them to to laugh on the inside and were removed from the cinema after making too much noise. The pair who described themselves as just like Ab Fab characters Patsy and Eddie described themselves as devastated by that really embarrassing incident. However, a spokesman for the cinema has told The Independent that they would never ask customers to leave for laughing. Continuing, in this instance, we had a number of complaints about some customers talking too loudly during this film, which was disrupting the viewing experience for the majority of the customers. Absolutely Fabulous the movie has scored the biggest opening weekend by a British film this year at the UK and Ireland box office. Mm, uh, Mm. See what I mean? I just think it's a bit too kind of contrived. Uh, And the fact that they think they're like Patsy and Eddie. Yeah, exactly. I think that's I mean, that's cringe just saying that in itself, isn't it? I agree. I think so too. And I, I think when as soon as you kind of say that, that it was a number of people complain, you know, the complaints were like talking too loudly. You think, yeah, that's much more like it. Yeah, exactly. And do you know what? That's one of my pet hates. If people talk in a cinema, it drives me mad. I get really cross. Yeah. Do you know there was one film that I went to see years ago. <laughs> Of course, it was based on a true story. Remember that one with the the sheep? The sheep? Oh, my goodness. Oh, that true story. That true story about the sheep. No, it wasn't sheep. It was actually sharks. Uh, Remember the people that... Oh, yeah, the people who got stranded. diving and they got stranded in the water and then the sharks ate them. Yeah. Um, You know, the happy ending one. Yeah. Um, Well, people talked all the way. There was just a big crowd of, like, young people um, talking and everybody was going mental. Everybody was actually uh, going out and complaining to management. Uh, they yeah. were throwing popcorn. They were throwing sweets. They were deliberately, oh. you know, being loud and commenting, you know, mimicking the the voices. It was just horrendous. We all ended up getting our money back. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we all got a voucher to come and see yeah. another film. Another film. Uh, because it was so bad. <laughs> it's a shame, actually, because it was a really, really good film. Oh. Really good. Horrible, annoying people. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, listen, uh, let's move on to our next story from NME magazine. And uh, it's Axel Rose. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> have oh. you ever yellow jacketed? Uh, no, I haven't. No. I haven't. Well, explain mm. what it means. Guns N' Roses frontman Axel Rose once sent a roadie to another country to collect a jacket before he would go on stage. The singer, who is notorious for being late to shows, apparently refused to start a gig until he was reunited with his yellow jacket. Director and former music journalist Cameron Crowe, promoting his new TV show Roadies, said in a new interview that he had once overheard some roadies talking about yellow jacketing and inquired as to what they meant. As Metal Injection reports, he explained, they said there was a guy that worked 
with um, Guns N' Roses and there was a show and Axel needed a yellow jacket that he'd left in England before he would perform. So a roadie was given the job to get on a plane as fast as possible, go to London, find Axel Rose's yellow jacket and come back so he could play the show. Crow continued, the best part of that story is not that somebody had to go and get a yellow jacket for Axel Rose, but that it became such law among other roadies that it became a verb to yellow jacket. <laughs> Do you know, it, 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 it's not kind of massively rock and roll is it no you know i'm not going on stage unless i get my jacket <laughs> get my jacket my special jacket you know it's not kind of like you smashed up a, a you know hotel room mm, or no, exactly you know at least wet 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 who are a bit kind of wet 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 um <laughs> you know at least they can have sent a private jet to go and collect them a curry from their favorite curry shop in glasgow no, no, um, no, all hilarious. the way to america so oh. um you know at least that's a little bit kind of more di- yeah. diva-ish but yeah, exactly. uh, a bit more rock and roll but yeah it's a bit kind of like i want i want my jacket mm. you could have got a yellow jacket from anywhere a new exactly. yellow jacket what was in the pockets of those yet that yellow jacket nina Mm. Who knows? Who knows? You're mm. likely to know. You be the t- you? <laughs> you're the type that's likely well, to know. Yellow is my favourite colour, so is it? maybe I am. Yeah. I would totally send someone off to get a jacket for me if it was a yellow jacket. Yeah, but would you not just get them to go somewhere expensive and get you another and buy yellow me. jacket? Buy yeah, me. I could. You know, you would say, go and get me a selection of yellow jackets from the nearest... <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> the nearest Georgia Asda. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh dear it's a bit girly Axel I have to say yeah. it'll be a bit girly a demand anyway um, listen, let's move on to our last story from this week's NME magazine and uh, I think there's uh, such a cheek uh, it's about Frances Bean Cobain and uh, she's splitting up with her hubby but he wants to keep something that's really precious I think this is so cheeky Mm. Francis Bean Cobain's estranged husband is reportedly seeking the last guitar ever played by Kurt Cobain in their divorce settlement. Frances Bean, the daughter of late Nirvana frontman Cobain and Courtney Love, wed Isaiah Silver, frontman of the band The Eries, at an intimate ceremony in June 2014. Around 15 guests reportedly attended the wedding, but Love was allegedly not invited. Frances Bean Cobain um, filed for divorce 21 months later, and recent reports suggested that Love's ex-manager, Sam Lufty, has been accused of kidnapping Silver. Now, as TMZ reports, Silver is claiming that Francis Bean had given him Cobain's Martin D18E acoustic guitar as a wedding present. It's the same instrument that Kurt played during his MTV Unplugged performance in November 1993. Speaking on camera to a TMZ reporter, Courtney Love confirmed that the item was the last instrument that Cobain ever played, calling it a treasured heirloom of the family and saying that it wasn't Silver's to take. Love added, I'm very glad that Francis Bean um, is out of this very dangerous and toxic relationship. Mm, I just think that's such a cheek. I really, really do. I mean, when you consider um, it's something that belonged to her late father, I mean, you, you can only assume that he knows the worth, you know, he knows the value. Exactly. Of this. Mm. I, I don't understand why he would want to to keep that other than to sell it or to 
you know, make money out of it in the yeah, future. Yeah, or to just to goad her or something. Yeah, yeah. It just it's seems mean. all a bit nasty. You could mm. never do that to somebody. But uh, I actually remember that 1993 November gig. Do you remember the days of video, VHS <laughs> I tapes? Do. I had that on VHS. Aww. And uh, I loved that. That was one of my favourite videos um, of the time. I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was amazing. The Man Who Sold the World was my favourite. Anyway, uh, listen, thank you so much for taking us through the current issue of NME magazine, Nina. Uh, there's loads more going on in this week's NME, so do go out and get it if you can. And uh, by the way, the, the main story, the front cover of this week's NME has Bastille on it, who were doing a gig at Glastonbury, and uh, mm-hmm. their interview was actually about the whole kind of Brexit thing. Um, and we were sitting beside them while they did that interview, so you can see it on the NME website. It's <laughs> nme.com, and they're also on the front page of it as well. It's fully accessible. 